Hello and welcome to Crack Encrypteds and Curios. This is Matt, once again joined by Angel. And this episode we are looking at our final news articles of the season. As after this episode will be our season finale. The penultimate episode is now, which means we are almost at the end of our season-long journey to shed our idiot slob skins and become better people. Almost at the end of the road, Angel, but not yet free of this living hell we have willingly put ourselves in to better ourselves. Who knew becoming a better person would be so difficult? What is your first goal for me? Why... Hello there. (laughs) (laughs) Self-improvement. Come on, man. This is serious stuff. Hello. 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 I forgot to greet you. Hello. (laughs) Self-improvement is not just... (laughs) It's not just about the now, but about the tomorrow. Mm. Shed your idiot slob skin and become your inner Nostradamus. Grab a mirror and gaze. Gaze into it and see the future. Your task is to make a prediction about 2024 and the consequences our goals will have had on the world. Predict an event in 2024 and how our goals have impacted next year as well. Yeah, but you must gaze into a mirror. (laughs) (laughs) God damn it, do it right now. (laughs) (laughs) The... uh, Hello. The majority of my life has been an unfocused mess, Angel. I I never know what's going on, what I'm doing, or or what the purpose of anything really is. I need guidance. I learned from you last episode about how sharing things can make you, I guess, feel things? Or something like that. I I wasn't paying attention. So I figured, hey, why not? I'd I'd share something for once. So... For several years, I've referred to you as the wise man. When I when I see you, I, I don't greet you normally with a, a handshake or anything like of that plebeian garbage mindset. I bow and say, teach me, wise man. And today, I once again say to you, teach me, wise man. With your advanced age casting skyscraper-sized shadows over me, I need you to weave into this episode the top... The top three things I need to do to begin the next phase of my life. Middle age. Okay. Uh, That's easy. Uh, I'll figure out how to weave it in without you even realizing what I've done. Mm -hmm. I'll be impressed. Just like your your two two lies and the truth. Yeah, I mean, still can't figure it out, right? That tornado must have been horrible to have been in. Uh, So, for your second task, one of the classic Buddhist tales to improving oneself is about how the enlightened one has experienced every possible thing life has to offer except one thing. He astral projected himself into a woman to live as a woman and fulfill his life experience. That (laughs) That task is now brought on to you, Matt. Imagine you are a mother, and you found out your one and only son, Grendel, was murdered at the hands, at the hands of Beowulf. 
Please provide a monologue on how you will get revenge. I have to monologue? That's <laughs> Grendel's mother. Uh, language is is difficult. Always changing and evolving, just like our lives into middle age. We have, in this entire show, championed idioms for God knows what reason. But the problem with idioms is that they often are so outdated that it's hard to fully understand them. Like, for instance, the phrase, now we're cooking with fire, logically morphs into now we're cooking with gas. The purpose of the phrase being to relate progress being made, Angel. Now, unless it's, you know, a marshmallow on a stick combined with chocolate and graham crackers, I never use fire to cook. I haven't used a gas stove in like a quarter of a century. So, in my opinion, we need to update this language. We need language that can relate to our life and our life experience for it to really resonate with us. So for that reason, I need you to use the new idiom that I've created. Now we are deep frying. This essentially conveys the same meaning as now we are cooking with gas, but it updates it to our fast food consuming lifestyles. And since, you know, repetition is the best way to learn language, I need you to say, now we're deep frying at least eight times this episode. Locked and loaded. I should update that one too, huh? <laughs> the <laughs> laser guns. Okay, so for your yeah, we're on the third one, right? Okay, <laughs> Count, counting up, down, <laughs> ascending, descending. Who knows? Counterclockwise. I'm sure you've heard of Mel Blanc, the man of a thousand voices. <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> don't don't freak out. You only need to do one. In fact, you you don't have to do a voice at all. The only thing you have to do is that on four, get it, four separate occasions, you must include the goofy chuckle. A hook. hook? I have to goofy laugh? Yes. Was he even the voice of Goofy? No. <laughs> Wasn't he a Warner Brothers voice? <laughs> He's like Mary Melodies. And now you give me Disney voices. <laughs> Well, I don't know any Disney voice actors by name. Do you? No. Uh, Walt Disney. <laughs> and for a bonus, you could do the, the elongated one. The <laughs> yuck. All I can think of is that meme of, like, the devil goofy that's like, a uh, yuck, and I'll do it again. <laughs> At least it's not eight times. <laughs> yeah, who would do such a thing? The thing with middle age, Angel, I'm still going with it, is that you are stuck betwixt the eldest and youngest generations. It's hard to relate to either. It's hard to relate to old people. Yuck. And we can (laughs) lose track of what the younglings say very easily. So, and and more importantly, like, what the hell they actually mean? Chuggy? I don't know what the hell makes something chuggy or not. And, you know, high key, no cap. I'm getting big yikes vibes, fam. So I unironically added yeet to my lexicon the past few years, but I need more. I'm insatiable now, wise man. I need more. So please use at least three Gen Z phrases so we may both expand our understanding of language this episode. I'm assuming they're the ones that you haven't used already. Yes. Whew. The year... 
2024. It's going to be a wild one, Angel. All these goals this past season are clearly going to make us incredible people. No doubt. I have learned so much about myself and of you. It's, it's incredible. So clearly these completely relatable, simple, and introspective goals are no different this episode. So with that, we must delve deep into these equally important news articles. Are you ready? Yes. <laughs> yes, I am. That's the wise man I know. So since since you're so wise and, and aged, you can start first. Well, we're going to start with um, this. The reason I picked this specific article, uh, we were inundated with articles, actually. And um, <clears throat> so many of them have occurred in these past few months. I mean, even now, just recently, we found golden orbs on the ocean floor. There's mm-hmm. qu- question marks in space. What's Wait, that what? about? <laughs> yes. okay. Actual question marks? Yes. Uh, t- a telescope image. Somebody spotted a question mark out in the universe there. <laughs> the scientists are trying to cover it by saying, it's just galaxies, bro. <laughs> bro. But um, I I had to narrow it down to 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 these two. Uh, for this first one, the reason I chose this one is because I know it's in your interests. Hold on, let me get my tabs ready. <laughs> gotta put so, your your glasses on. Yeah. Gotta uh, get yeah, the bifocals. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this is from NPR, so you know it's legit. <laughs> Monster hunters are conducting the largest search of Loch Ness. In more than 50 years. So this was uh, written, or at least published, back in August of 2023 by Dustin Jones. Researchers and monster hunters were gathering in the Scottish Highlands. This weekend being the weekend of August 21st of 2023. To search for the Loch Ness Monster, also known as Nessie. And apparently, it's the biggest—it's the biggest search for the for the legendary beast in 50 years because the Loch Ness Center and the research group Loch Ness Exploration have been asking aspiring monster hunters to join in on the search. The the Loch Ness Exploration Facebook page read: "Our purpose is to observe, record, and study the natural behavior of the loch and phenomena that may be more challenging to explain." This is interesting wording here. If you believe that the Loch Ness Monster exists, then we invite you to join the search. We equally invite you to support the study of the Loch and the natural behavior of the elements that may be the root cause of these strange reports from Loch Ness. I'm going to pause right here and and ask myself, why is it only that those that believe it exists are being uh, invited? Isn't that a way to... I'm sorry, like bias your own research if you have specifically people that are there that believe then anything that occurs they are going to attribute to being nessie right exactly i mean i i thought this would be the best call for skeptics to be invited because you want to show that you're welcoming everybody and that hey if we can prove this thing is even there great you don't need to gatekeep the lock and uh, just have only only true believers, only 
Stan Lees can show up and Excelsior their way to Loch Ness Monster. Yeah, because I was thinking we should totally sign up and go do this thing. However, I think they stopped accepting volunteers Mm -hmm. due to an overwhelming demand, according to the article. So it says the group is no longer accepting applicants hoping to participate in person. But the Loch Ness Center says those still eager to participate can do so virtually through a live stream. So I don't know if that live stream is available to watch now, uh, recorded. It also mentions that the investigators have been breaking out all sorts of technology, including surveying equipment that has never been used on the freshwater lake before. Drones with infrared cameras will fly over the lake, and a hydrophone will be used under the surface to detect Nessie-like calls. The rest of the article kind of goes into the history of Nessie, but I also I, I want to talk about the, the the hydrophone thing because you you looked at this and you found some other links, and it turns out that they heard some sounds, gloops, a gloop, or was but, it was it a, a yuck? <laughs> <laughs> But it turns out they, they didn't have it recorded. <laughs> oops. That's a, that's a big oops vibe. So, I mean, what is that? Like, you get uh, uh, you got your hydrophone ready, and then you're like, oh, man, we're hearing all kinds of stuff. Hopefully, we got all of those sounds recorded. And then you find out it's not even plugged in. So this is what happens when you just get <laughs> volunteers of true believers that don't know what the hell they're doing. But is, isn't this just so, uh, I don't know, it's like expected. Like, you're ready to go shoot a picture of Bigfoot and you have a potato camera. <laughs> yep. You're going to go record sounds of Nessie and it's not plugged in. Oops. <laughs> yep. Like, what's I'm, going on here? Is I'm still like, using my five millimeter camera that uh has film that's a century old now and has been exposed to sunlight but it's all i brought is 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 this like uh expected is this like do do people do this on purpose or did they not catch anything and they're just saying hey they banded together and said we gotta save face we gotta say at least we heard a gloop (laughs) We don't. We don't have a recording of it, but but we heard it. But trust us, trust us, bro. <laughs> the Loch Ness Center. I mean, I mean, they're they're telling us they're using all kinds of technology, the state of the art stuff, and then being told, oh, we couldn't capture anything. Look at this blurry photo. Look at this non-sound recording we have. Like, <laughs> I don't understand. Well, one of the things that caught my ear was you said. They were using new technology that had never been used on the water surface before or something to that effect. So is this a new technology that isn't compatible with underwater or water viewings and like could possibly create scenarios where you could misinterpret the information? Well, maybe it, it says that the, the technology wasn't used on this particular, on the freshwater lake before. So I'm assuming it's been used on other lakes. <laughs> Maybe possibly Hopefully. freshwater ones, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> or at know. least water in general. <laughs> There's a lot of holes to fill here, and I and I feel like maybe uh, NPR kind of uh, they let know, us down. Yeah, let us down with their unrigorous uh, research. There, I gotta say it's it's a bit mid. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit mid. What's that mean? You know, it's just not good. 
Oh. <laughs> there have been new photos. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming uh, because of this, this, this whole call to arms kind of thing, there have been new photos coming out, or at least one new photo of, of maybe the Nessie in, in Loch Ness. The uh, photographer Chi Kelly, who took a picture of something at Loch Ness. It was re- the photos were released uh, like last month, even though they were taken in 2018. That's another thing that I've noticed where new information is coming out about something, but it's always about the information being come is coming to light. But it's the information was taken or, or, or uh, captured some years before. Why it's always that? a major delay of why? like, why not get it out as soon as you can, right? Yeah, I, I mean, why is that a thing? I, that's I know that's not the first time I've heard of that. Because mm-hmm. then it gives time of, say, for instance, with that camera, depending on maybe she was using a film camera. Did she just wait, you know, <laughs> five years to develop the film? Or if it was a digital camera, if you don't back up that information, that could just be gone forever then. For instance, I heard a rumor today that uh, Warner Brothers lost all of Aquaman 2. (laughs) The film is gone. (laughs) Oops. Oops. Do people still, uh, I mean, I guess they still make film cameras, so I'm assuming there's still people that develop. And by film, I mean the digital product, because it was not not filmed on film. (laughs) I don't think they're using that for Aquaman 2. Well, they should, because then we wouldn't have this problem. <laughs> oh, no, we lost the film canisters. <laughs> In a fire. <laughs> I think the, the stories behind these movies lately are more interesting than the actual movies themselves. That's another topic for another, another podcast. Time to put Nessie to bed. Uh, all Forever. I ever think about with Nessie is the Simpsons episode with <laughs> Mr. <Okay>. Burns <laughs> emptying the lock. <laughs> That's all I ever think about. Why don't we just do it? Just goddamn empty it. Just destroy the ecosystem and empty the lock. Was it like an inflatable thing in there or something? (laughs) I thought it was real. Was it? (laughs) I think so. (laughs) And they're all like standing next to it. And I think they tried to carry it away like King Kong or something. But maybe I'm making (laughs) that up. I don't know. Because I'm confusing it now with the X-Files episode. (laughs) There's a... Loch Ness X Files episode? Yeah, but I don't think it's Loch Ness. It's 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 basically it's a, a champy monster. I don't know if it's Champy, but it's a lake monster episode. And it's like, oh, it's it was just an alligator. And then at the end, nobody but the audience sees the real oh. creature show up. <laughs> Son of a gun. <laughs> yep. Even X Files did that trope. <laughs> yep. Was that early X-Files? Um, or was that with Doggett after no, Mulder had already gone? definitely before that. Yeah, because it had like cheesy CGI monster. Mm. My first article here, wise man. <laughs> Croatoan, Angel. Croatoan. No better final deathbed words have ever been uttered by a single human person in all of history. And this is allegedly attributed to Edgar Allan Poe, one of America's greatest writers. And I'm sure his lexicon was just bonkers. And he was like, you know what word I'm going to blurt out as I die? 
Croatoan, and then he just peaced out and after being bludgeoned to death by some dude. But there may be more than meets the midnight dreary to Edgar Allan Poe that was once expected, as Upworthy.com has a recent article titled Three Moments That Might Convince You Edgar Allan Poe Was a Time Traveler. Item number the first is Poe's The Narrative of Arthur Gordon Pym of Nantucket. Nantucket Island. <laughs> Wings. In the 1838 novel about a stowaway named Richard Parker finds himself on a whaling ship, a ship that coincidentally shares a nickname you have, Angel, that of Grampus. <laughs> we, we get a little sea adventure filled to the gills with... Uh, with mutinies, shipwrecks, and cannibalism in what Poe himself refers to as a very silly book. Well, the argument in the article is that 46 years after the publication of the book, there is a real-world shipwreck that resulted in cannibalism in which a 17-year-old cabin boy was slain and eaten. That boy's name, Richard Parker, the same as in Poe's novel. Coincidence? Or, evidence that a time-traveling Poe had knowledge of these events and then, whatever time he was from, presumably sometime after 1884, when Richard Parker, the real person, died, went back to the time we know Edgar Allan Poe from and wrote a book which he wasn't, you know, particularly fond of. So, why would a man from the future go back in time to write a book that he arguably doesn't really like and include the name of Richard Parker in a similar situation that found real-world Richard Parker being killed in? Like, what's the end game of that? Why is that a thing anyone would do? A time traveler would do that. Based. He's based on <laughs> yuck. <laughs> I don't know why my yucks are, like, so high-pitched. <laughs> It's uh, yeah, like if he did, if he wrote a book that he didn't like and he could time travel, why not just time travel again and then write the book that he did want? Then you to. did <laughs> like the I don't know, like the disconnection of, of, to make this time traveler scenario work. Why would a time traveler ever do that? Why would why would a time traveler go back to be Edgar Allan Poe? That guy was miserable. <laughs> <laughs> because I, maybe it was a romantical notion of, oh, wow, Poe, everyone loves him. The, the edgy goth king. <laughs> <laughs> but then did the time traveler not know that they were going to go back in time to be Poe? Well, who's to say that time travelers are not smart? <laughs> are smart. <laughs> They're just, they're, you know, they're not the scientists. They're just the vessel, right? You know, it's like astronauts. You don't have to be smart to be an astronaut, right? <laughs> what? <laughs> is this a, uh, some sort of unbe unspeakable rage they have against astronauts? It's not. It's not. It's not that it's an unspeakable rage I have against astronauts. It's 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 basically giving out opinions that nobody asked for. That's one of the things I like to do. When I'm middle-aged. Middle <laughs> I have write that, that down. <laughs> give, give unsolicited opinions. <laughs> I thought... I, full stop. I thought you were going to reference 
Upright Systems Brigade when there's an episode where they're in like this theater hall and they like there's an astronaut in the audience and the guy they just keep ragging on the astronaut over and over and over again. And then I think eventually the entire crowd turns on the astronauts. <laughs> it's one of those whenever we see stories about cryptid and stuff about about jobs, can you trust an astronaut? <laughs> We need to we need to, like uh, rate the jobs professions like which is the most believable, mm-hmm. and I mean like a, a legit rating, not my lists that I've created in the past. <laughs> I think yours was a chef or something like that. <laughs> now we're deep frying. <laughs> <laughs> See, it works. <laughs> If you went back in time to become a not really at all famous and rich person at that time, like what time would you go back to and, and what would you do? A not famous and rich person? Because <laughs> Poe wasn't famous in his time, really. Well, let's like see a that. lot of a lot of artists of their time, they're not famous while they're alive. I gotta take a cue from Quantum Leap because that's what basically he did, right? <laughs> they just become Scott Bakula. <laughs> no. Leap into people's bodies who were nobodies, essentially. That were nobodies. Oh my god! <laughs> That's another thing I like to do in my middle age: just call people nobodies. <laughs> just put them down. <laughs> make make myself feel better about mm-hmm. myself by putting others down. All of your ill-advised life choices, you reconcile that by putting other people below you. <laughs> yeah, that's after I do my drinking <laughs> all day long. <laughs> What time would I go back to and what would I do? Wait, so it's the time period. It doesn't matter who I am. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Good. Would there be information you'd take? Like, would you go the the Biff route and take the almanac back and bet on sports? Become the Donald Trump figure of that timeline? Yeah, but the problem with Biff is that he, he didn't think he didn't think hard enough. Well, I mean, he took an almanac, right? I would be prepared. See, if if I can start a bank account with like a cent and just let the interest add up, I could be the richest man on earth. So I would go back to maybe like dinosaur times and I deposit my money <laughs> you'd make, then. You'd make your own central bank of Jurassic era <laughs> somehow <laughs> be the own the founder, CEO, and only depositor. <laughs> And get, you know, 60 or 600 million years of Who's interest. Who's going to stop me? <laughs> the, whole, the whole world just builds around this bank that was there. Yeah, they'll probably start worshiping, worshiping it as a temple and then awaiting my return, essentially. And then when I do show up, I'm just like, hey, I'm just getting my money, guys. <laughs> Unfortunately, all you put in there was an IOU <laughs> to yourself. <laughs> I mean, how am I going to... I don't have a dollar. Like, dollars didn't exist then. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just like an acorn. (laughs) Hopefully it's a tree by now. (laughs) Well, it's in the safe. I hope not. Or else your your bank temple's destroyed. I mean, what's the safe made out of? Stone? Wood? Come on. Oh, you didn't plan to bring back stuff for your bank? No, I don't want to mess with... Time periods, man. You know what they tell you. Sound about time of thunder. Don't, yeah. don't crush a bug. Yeah, kill a butterfly, and then people in the future can't read, and there's like ape people or something. Uh huh. <laughs> now we're deep frying. 
America. Did you ever see the Sound of Thunder movie? No. No. It's not worth your time. (laughs) (laughs) I was about to put it on my list. (laughs) Don't. On God. (laughs) Don't even. Don't even. Your list on God? (laughs) On God. What's that? Is that a a Gen Z phrase? Yes, it is. (laughs) What the hell does it mean? It means I'm being honest. My gourd. <laughs> what the hell are we talking about? Edgar Allan Poe <laughs> being a time traveler. So, item the next states that Poe has medical knowledge about brain injuries that he <laughs> practically died of one that he should have no business knowing. In his his 1840s story, the businessman. The main character, Peter Prophet, which, good lord, Edgar, bit on the nose with the name. He hits his... <laughs> Peter Prophet and the businessman. He hits his head on a head post at a young age, which seems to determine the outlook of the rest of his life. So, damage to the frontal lobe of the brain, which uh, is what occurs to Peter Prophet. <laughs> oh, God, the name can manifest in personality changes, difficulty planning and concentrating, and having a hard time controlling your impulses. So, Poe seemingly created the single most obnoxious man ever written in the form of Peter Prophet, as some of his scams include being in the eyesore business, what pray tell is that, where if an expensive building is being made, he buys the land next to it and builds a complete dump of a building in the hopes that the owner of the nice building will buy his crappy building so he doesn't have to look at it anymore and then Peter Prophet would make a profit. He also starts fights with people and then sues them for attacking him back. (laughs) He threatens to throw mud at people and makes them pay him to not do that. And then he, he also... As dogs rub up, rub up on people, and then offers his services as a shoe shiner to shine their shoes that his dog soiled. So the jackass also uh, plays the organ grinder so horribly that people pay him to stop. Does Peter Prophet sound like a stand-up guy to you? And and like, what do you think of his business strategies here, wise man? I'm wondering if Poe was a hack. <laughs> He just turned this one out. He just felt it. He's feeling the vibes. I gotta get this Peter Prophet out of here. And he this wrote the businessman. His, his absinthe days, I guess. <laughs> just drink some of this stuff and write about Peter Prophet. Well, <laughs> speaking of Peter Prophet, I'll tell you if he sounds like a stand-up guy. Well, you mentioned earlier, we know his profession. He's a businessman, so it makes him highly believable. Like I trust him with my life. <laughs> like a lot of newspapers yeah. seem to believe. So, I mean, he could come off a bit of a jackass, you know, getting getting his dog to rub up on me so he can shine my shoes. He threatens to throw dirt at you and demands money so he doesn't do it. What I I don't understand the, 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 the part where he starts fights with people and then sues them for attacking him. Like, can't they just sue him for doing the fight first? No. I don't They're understand. They're the ones that threw the first punch, I guess. So he sues them. He just eggs them on until they do it. 
Oh, so he's just like saying, go ahead, punch yep. me. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine that's how Peter Prophet sounds, too. <laughs> he goes, go, go ahead, punch me. And then he gets punched. He says, now we're deep frying. <laughs> Uh, no, now he would say, "Now, now we're lighting with candles. <laughs> no, now we're burning whale sperm." <laughs> oh, that's actually uh, one of the things I like to do during my middle age too. <laughs> Just burn the midnight sperm. Yes. Oh, the wax man. The wax man cometh. <laughs> wax man cometh. Um, lost where it was. Peter Prophet picked a prophet. <laughs> so the the time travel argument is linked to the idea of understanding what the damage to the frontal lobe of the brain can do to people. So due to the head injury, Peter Prophet, it is argued, led the life he led and was destined to do so because of that brain injury. Neurologist Eric Altschuler wrote, there's a dozen symptoms and he knows every single one, meaning Poe. There's everything in that story. We've hardly learned anything more. It's so exact that it's just weird. It's like he had a time machine, he writes. So is Poe's apparent mastery of frontal lobe damage evidence of time travel? I think this is more evidence that Eric Altschuler was a, uh, 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 is he a hack too? A malpracticing <laughs> neurologist. I mean, the way he says, like, he's got everything exactly right. It's weird. Like, come on, dude. Chill. He just loves Poe. Loves him. <laughs> I mean, it's like. It's it's the idea again. It's that idea that oh, why, how could Poe? How could somebody of that time know anything about this kind of stuff? Like, it's not like he probably had a, an experience with somebody that this happened to, you know? Mm -hmm. And just figured, oh, I'll just have them do the same mannerisms. Yeah, <laughs> like brain injuries weren't invented in the 1900s. Like, <laughs> people, people weren't just. What the hell happened to this guy? <laughs> oh. Item the last is argued that Poe was a time traveler is that his 150-page poem Eureka describes an ever-expanding universe that began in one instantaneous flash derived from a single primordial particle. It is said that Poe surprisingly arrived at his dynamically evolving universe because there is no... There was no observational or theoretical evidence suggesting such a possibility. No astronomer in Poe's day could imagine, none of them, none of them could do it, could imagine a non-static universe, claims astronomer Alberto Coppi. So this poem was written 80 years prior to the formulation of the Big Bang Theory. What do you think about Poe having these ideas put down in a poem so long before the theory of the Big Bang made it big. If we're going down this route, first of all, I'd like to point out that how these uh, the experts are the thing, the the specific thing. Like you have mm -hmm. an astronomer, astronomer, you have an, a neurologist, and they're being interviewed about Poe knowing this stuff, and they're like, "Wow, he must have had a time machine," or "Wow, nobody back then knew about this," and it's like. Well, I mean, astronomers know about astronomy and neurology. Neurologists know about the brain, but they don't know about history, probably. <laughs> like, maybe ask 
somebody who knows about the history of what people knew back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a I lot think... of these like ideas just weren't light bulb going off above a person's head and like all of a sudden, holy, the Big Bang! And it all makes sense. Like a lot of things yeah. build up to these things. Yeah, I mean, like apparently the first mention of of tectonic plates was Sir Francis Bacon, but nobody's saying he's the guy that came up with the theory for it. It's just a similar idea. That's what he wrote in the Voynich manuscript. It's all about the Teutonic plates. <laughs> I don't know. It's just it just seems weird that suddenly everyone's like, these people back then didn't know any of these things. How could they have possibly known about it? Mm-hmm. I might. I mean, it's like they're one step away from saying it must have been aliens. <laughs> these stupid bastards back then didn't even know what a brain was. How could it get damaged? It, it's actually funny because it reminds me of like people of you know speaking of Gen Z lingo, like. I hear a lot of the Gen Z people talk about like '90s movies, like if it was something that came out of the '30s. <laughs> like it's a, like like, like a silent mo- film. <laughs> like, like they'll say something like this movie that came out in the '90s tackled issues about race and and and, and transgender. They were so ahead of the time. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? Like this was always a topic on everyone's minds, even up into the '60s. Like this is nothing new. Mississippi Burning was the first movie that ever dealt with race. Oh my god! I swear it's like they, they'll start saying things like that. I'm like, oh my god! Like what are you guys talking about? <laughs> Alien was 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 groundbreaking for having the first female protagonist. Like what? So yeah, I think I think that's what's happening here, where people just kind of are so entrenched in their current state that when they think of Something from the past. They couldn't possibly have known any of this stuff. There's no way. No way they thought about it. <laughs> I, I'm i the first to have a unique thought. <laughs> yep. Is all of this just coincidence? Or was Poe uh, a time traveler? I mean, I would say yes. I, I remember looking up the time traveler thing, seeing if any of skeptics have mentioned it. And one article I read talked about how the Richard Parker thing was like it mentioned how they were Richard Parker's a pretty common name, and there's actually been several shipwrecks throughout history. <laughs> Richard Parker's with a guy <laughs> named Richard Parker. Is is there a Richard Parker curse? <laughs> Probably. In fact, it was so it was such a recognized pattern that the guy who wrote and uh, the Life of Pi. Included Richard Parker as the tiger. What? Yeah, the tiger on the boat. His name is Richard Parker? His name was Richard Parker. Wow. <laughs> it all comes full circle. <laughs> yep. That or the guy who wrote Life of Pi is just Poe pretending to be... He never died. Uh, <laughs> he was never bludgeoned to death. He just escaped <laughs> back into our time. He's a, an immortal time traveler. <laughs> I wonder if does time traveling keep you young, or does it advance your age? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> what if you time travel and you just instantly die because you you just age out or age old? Like, <laughs> I mean, if you're going back in time, shouldn't you be getting younger? Are you not part of time? <laughs> <laughs> Is time real? It's just a it's a con fun we give ourselves. Not does a caterpillar know time? I don't know. <laughs> Caterpillar know anything? I don't know. <laughs> Does it know it becomes a butterfly? Does it remember it was a caterpillar when it's a butterfly? I think 
No. <laughs> when it flaps its wings, does he think, I'm going to cause a tornado on the other side of the world? And then Ashton Kutcher is going to go back into time. We can't, we can't blame a butterfly for Ashton Kutcher making a crap movie. <laughs> even worse was the sequel. Oh God, I forgot about <laughs> so bad that. he wasn't even in it. I, I, that's my favorite when they're sequels of movies, but the actors, the original actors, are like, "We're not going to be in this. We're not doing a sequel." Uh, why? Why would a time traveler go back in time and you know be Edgar Allan Poe? His death was mysterious enough to be a, a relatively known thing. So the way I assume a time travel that time travel works is future Edgar Allan Poe would know how they died in the past as Edgar Allan Poe, right? Wait, are we talking like non-linear time or linear? Time? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Both, <laughs> one and the same. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I'm I'm already confused thinking about time travel. Uh, future Edgar Allan Poe. So Edgar Allan Poe that goes back in time. That's already occurred, right? He's already gone back in time because we know who Edgar Allan Poe is and we know how he dies, but some the Edgar Allan Poe that goes back in time isn't born yet. Oh, right. right when right. Edgar Allan Poe is doing his Edgar Allan Poe stuff. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so lost now. <laughs> but, like, did he also fake how he was, like, who his parents were and when he was born and his age, like, growing up? <laughs> maybe, maybe he was never born. He was just is, always there. Is he an omnipresent figure, figure from outer space? Is he like Pennywise? No, he, he's not. He's dead. It's just that he was always there in that loop. <laughs> he doesn't exist outside of that loop. He goes back in time to do Edgar Allan Poe stuff, and then he grows old and dies. And But he's never born? How does he get there? <laughs> he's just always there. <laughs> He's he's the starting point of the universe. He's he's part of the Big Bang, <laughs> the original Big Bang. And so it's like Poe plus one. <laughs> yes. So if Poe isn't a time traveler, then by God, there has to be at least one person out there that is, and maybe just like Poe, they're they're hiding in plain sight as one of the most well-known figures in American culture. So please. Angel, wise man, tell me your top five celebrities who you think could be a time traveler. Well, let's see. <clears throat> now we're deep frying. <laughs> what was that voice? <laughs> I, I feel like when you deep fry, you gotta you gotta get in there. You gotta get down there. <laughs> I always know? picture like Guy, uh, what's his name, Guy Ferrari? <laughs> Ferrari? Yeah. I don't know why. I was picturing him saying that each time you say it. Oh. It's more like a, now we're deep frying. <laughs> Is that Peter Prophet? Is Guy? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Peter Prophet. Okay. So, celebrities that I think that might be time travelers. I'll start with number five. And uh, hopefully I get this right because I have it in a weird order. But <laughs> Okay. So, number five is the obvious Keanu Reeves. We've, mm. we've all seen the time travel photo of him. Uh, him, I think he, one of them was him as a soldier. Yeah, like a Civil War soldier, I believe. Yeah, you know, there's that whole meme that he's just not aging. So, I think it, maybe he's just immortal. I don't know. <laughs> Is he like <laughs> Edgar Allan Poe? <laughs> just he was always there. 
I feel like time traveling and immortals are pretty much the same thing because I'm looking at my list now and I'm like, oh, you know what? These are just long-lived people I've listed. <laughs> Number four, is is John Titor a celebrity? Because I'm putting him there. <laughs> is he hiding in plain sight? Ask, ask John Titor, I guess. <laughs> His story's out there. He's like, no way, this can't be real. And it, well, it's real. <laughs> yeah, we, ha- we have a whole episode on that, so... Go ahead and check that out, curiosities. <laughs> trying to trying to do a plug there. <laughs> like a radio DJ. <laughs> Casey <Plugging> Kasem. Our... <laughs> I think he was a time traveler. Anyway, um, that's a bonus. He was not on the list. <laughs> number, what was I, three? <laughs> yeah, number three. Cindy Crawford, maybe? <laughs> Because, again, she's always looked the same. And I think I, I, I failed on this one. <laughs> Misunderstood the assignment here. <laughs> A true Gen Z thing. <laughs> I think I think I'm going to save it by saying uh, that time traveling keeps you young. So mm-hmm. that's how this works. Because if you just keep traveling back in time, you're, you're just yep. going back to the same time. You just yep. you, you kill the one self that's already there. <laughs> Absorb them Highlander style. Oh, that's what happens. You travel back in time. You accept your fate. You tell your younger self, go ahead and kill me. And then you take control of the time machine now. So it's always your younger self in there. Until you go until you go past before you were born, then you don't do that. Right? Mm-hmm. But during the time you're alive, you just go to the, the young you. And then you say, hey, go ahead and kill me. And then you take over the machine. So that, that's what's happening here. You have to convince yourself every 80 years to, to kill <laughs> to yourself your and this take is, over the timeline. This is, this is, this is why Poe does. We don't know how Poe uh, po dies. He got bludgeoned from himself. It <laughs> <laughs> makes sense now. <laughs> and then he said Croatoan because <laughs> that's. Maybe their central base is in Roanoke. Maybe he had tra- traveled so many times that he was just talking another language. <laughs> <laughs> the, <laughs> what happened was the the one they tried to or did bludgeon like killed the other Poe, and then the one that the Poe went back in time was the brain damaged Poe, <laughs> and he was just like blurting out madness. <laughs> and that was the final Poe. <laughs> Poe, uh, never more. Maybe, maybe all of Poe's stories were just <laughs> versions of himself. He was Peter Prophet <laughs> at one time. He was Richard Parker. He he ate himself on another boat, and yep. uh, it's all it's all a biography, really. He put a heart in the wall. <laughs> all right, we solved the Poe problem. Uh, number two. I said Christopher Nolan because <laughs> because there's no way you're going to make that many movies about time and memory and not be a time well, traveler. Yep. He's got to know. <laughs> he has to know mm-hmm. something, right? Number one for celebrities who are probably time travelers is Jack Black Circle the Bible from his Gospel of Jack Black 316. For God so loved the rock that he gave his only begotten son that who else... Whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting rock and roll. 
What's the Jack Black Bible? No, I'm just the Bible in general. Oh. <laughs> That's the gospel of Jack Black. <laughs> I thought it was a thing he did. <laughs> just nope. He, he wrote the Bible? <laughs> he wrote it. That that part was taken out when people realized mm-hmm. we can't have people knowing Jack Black is a is a time traveler. <laughs> he knew the material when he did year one. <laughs> It, it, he that's why he was so like uh in the, the uh, pick of destiny he knew all about the, the 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 devil's uh contract with you know asking them to do a rock off because he was there when lucifer fell <laughs> <Exactly. Hell. laughs> he's the one that he's, cast him there he's seen it he's seen it with his own eyes <laughs> so that's it for edgar Allan poe i mean definitively we have now figured out he is a time traveler so <laughs> we've learned something today yes we did for my second article is is a bit of a doozy, not because of what it is, but what I I think I've figured out. So bear with me here. Bear, you say? <laughs> like <laughs> Grendel? Do you have something to say? Not yet. Okay. I'm still <laughs> building up my fury about Beowulf. All right, now we're deep frying. That's gotta be at least the third time you've said that, right? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I have a, a counter here <laughs> keeping track. Okay, so th- th- my second article is titled The NY Post, but I also have another article open that's talking about the same thing. The NY Post. Mystery four-legged creature lurking in Texas backyard baffles residents. Chupacabra. <laughs> that's just, I guess the subtitle, I don't know. So basically, it's trying to lead us to believe that there's an image of the Chupacabra That was taken. A strange four-legged creature lurking in a backyard has baffled the residents of a small Texas city and even has an animal, even has animal experts scratching their heads. Tina Kalig from Hill Country Village snapped a photo of the bizarre yellowish-brown animal that appears to be the size of a large dog with a long tail that almost touches the ground and very large pricked ears. And then you have the usual, oh, the the person saying stuff, whatever. We have pictures of this thing. You've seen the the photos, right, Matt? Yes. It looks like a small female lion with big ears. Right? It looks like something like that. It does look a little odd. Like the second photo, you see that you can see the tail. The tail doesn't look like uh, looks more dog like, but it's still strange. But the ears are almost hyena like. Yeah, exactly. It looks very hyena-like. I thought the same thing. There's not much to go on. It's just oh, this person took the photos. People started, the internet started giving guesses. One was Chupacabra. Another one, somebody said it's a, a koi dog, which is a uh, a combination of a coyote and a dog. Uh, they can mate? Hybrid. They can mate, yes. And their children are fertile. They're not mules? They're not Whatever mutants. that term is, I don't know. <laughs> when they can't mate. Uh, infertile. Non-viable. <laughs> it can hop like a kangaroo. I don't see how this Wait, creature looks like it can hop. <laughs> I don't know what it says here. <laughs> the name Chupacabra refers to a mythical reptile-like creature in parts of the Americas that is set to stand three to four feet high, hop like a kangaroo, <laughs> and attack and drink the blood of livestock. We did a whole god darn episode on that thing i don't remember it hopping at all like a kangaroo 
I don't remember either, but I also was you, I think, for that episode. <laughs> you were. That was you. <laughs> yeah, that was bizarre. We were like in another world or something. I don't know. What's happening there? <laughs> mirror universe or something. Good thing I've been looking at a mirror this whole episode. <laughs> My face hasn't changed yet either. <laughs> so, anyway, what I wanted to get into about this is that another uh, Ripley's apparently does news articles. <laughs> Also talked they, about they the gotta mystery. stay relevant. <laughs> <laughs> also talked about the mystery animal in Texas. This one starts off being a little bit more, uh, I don't know, trying to see more academic by talking about cryptozoology in 1955, kind of thing. It's, it became a thing, and but the interest of mysterious animals stretches back to at least the 15th century. I don't know what this whole intro is trying to do. <laughs> Again. I noticed these articles are trying to like put us in this mindset to, to get us to think this thing that we're going to see is not unlike, it's not like any other thing you've seen. So that when you look at the picture, you don't automatically think dog, right? That's what I think is happening here. They're saying, oh, cryptids this and strange animals have been sighted since the 15th century. So here's the picture. It's like, oh, what is that? It's got to be a chupacabra or something. Somebody said it was like the... the a Tasmanian tiger, even though it doesn't have any stripes. Um, and is in Texas. And is in Texas. After the whole intro about cryptids, the article talks about the the creature. It says, it all started with a bizarre daylight animal sighting. And there's Tina Kalig again coming in with the pictures that she took of the creature. And it says that the animal enjoyed chowing down on berries that had fallen from a bush in her hill country village backyard. <laughs> so, is it a bear? Is, I mean, is it a, a vicious chupacabra? Because it's it's eating berries. <laughs> like that doesn't sound very chupacabra like to me. That's their blood berries <laughs> from the blood bush. Those are, those are rare. Mm-hmm. Only found in Texas, apparently. She got the images and she uploaded them to Nextdoor, which I think is like an app. Oh, it's an app, yep. For neighbors and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Uh, so, so she asked for local feedback and her neighbors were equally stumped. So when your neighbors are stumped, you know you got yourself some weird creature, right? Because it's not like nobody knows how to identify anything. But what are the job titles of those neighbors? Can, exactly. can I trust them? I, you can't because they're not listed. It's just neighbor. I think that's their profession, neighbor. <laughs> yeah, they're just, that's all they do. It's, that's their, their point in this life in the Truman Show. They're <laughs> neighbor number three. <laughs> and then the article goes on to say, this isn't the first time that Texas Parks and Wildlife officials have proven stumped by something caught on camera. And it talks about this uh, image that was caught in April. And it links to another article. It talks about that creature, and then at the end, it links to another article. It ends this, the article by saying, it's also one that has stoked renewed interest in cryptozoology. So that is led to another link. It's linkception, just link after link after link. Have you heard of this? Headless blemies. What? It links to this other Ripley's article about these cryptids. That were apparently very popular back in in ancient times, known as blemies. Oh my I god! Think, <laughs> I think that's how you pronounce it. Yeah. <laughs> apparently, it's it. Everyone's seen these back then, at least. Described as having no head, 
they have their faces are on their chest the hair comes out of the chest area as well like the 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 top of like where the neck would be basically they're like that that muppet that's really (laughs) tall and has the shaggy hair i can't think of his name yeah yeah exactly i'm wondering if that's how they got (laughs) it also reminds me of that creature that looks like that in the bugs bunny cartoon the one where uh, Bugs is giving it a haircut or something like that. Is Mel Blanc the voice of that guy? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I think it's one of his thousand voices repertoire. <laughs> These were, I guess this article is kind of comparing them to Bigfoot, except they weren't smelly. <laughs> well. Or hairy. <laughs> it's not smelly. That's probably subjective. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of this, but it goes on to say how everyone's written about this. The, uh, the Herodotus <laughs> in the 5th century. <laughs> There's another picture that one's like next to an olive tree, like bending over backwards. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what's going Yuck. on there. <laughs> this is the one that says uh, these individuals, uh, that is the people who have uh, witnessed these things, include Pliny the Elder. Oh, God. Sir Walter Raleigh. What? And Isidore of Seville. It's like the the usual suspects (laughs) here are involved. Yep. Sir Walter Raleigh's account of these creatures in the New World is both funky and fascinating. He referred to them as Ewapanoma or Iwapanoma, stating that they are reported to have their eyes in their shoulders and their mouths in the middle of their breasts, and that a long train of hair growth backward between their shoulders. I can't believe Shakespeare saw them. (laughs) (laughs) I'm wondering if he ever wrote about them Mm -hmm. in his many plays. Now, what unfortunate culture of human beings were these people that they were trying to represent i have no idea they they say it says here that they were once considered a bona fide people group thriving along the frontiers of discovery close enough to make occasional appearances but distant enough to prevent debunking we can't debunk it. <laughs> so, so what? The Greeks or whoever were see somebody off in the distance, they couldn't see ahead, and they're like, "Oh, it's it's those blemmies again." One of the freaking headless blemmies. <laughs> oh gosh! But I digress because there's another article on Ripley's. Bringing <laughs> it goes <us> further. <laughs> no, no, it, it bringing us back to the Texas animal. Oh, it's not linked together though. But it's it's. It's a different article titled The Mysterious Beast That Once Terrorized France. The Beast of Garden Bois or whatever it is. So it's basically this beast that terrorized some people in in this French town of what you just said. I don't know how to pronounce that. Yeah, the Beast of Gavadan. (laughs) And they were having wolf problems at the time, but they claimed that this wasn't a wolf because it was too big. It was just killing and, and hunting people a lot. And then it basically it boils down to eventually they killed a wolf, said it was that thing, and the killing stopped. So they thought, okay, I guess it was a wolf. And then it started up again like a year later. <laughs> <laughs> then they had to kill another wolf. It's Wolfzilla. <laughs> <laughs> they killed another wolf. This one had like scars of a t- of like defensive wounds. And they figured, okay, this one has to be it. And then for sure. <laughs> like a great white shark that has like <laughs> battle wounds. <laughs> yeah. And then for sure they found remains of humans in its, its stomach or something. After they killed that one, it definitely, the attacks definitely stopped. So it did turn out to be a wolf, maybe. 
Some people are still not convinced. (laughs) But when you kill 7,000 different wolves, the wolf attacks are going to stop because there aren't any more wolves to attack you. (laughs) My my main, the reason I point you to this article is because if you look at the images of all the wolf depictions there, I got to say, it looks a lot like that Texas creature, doesn't it? It looks exactly like it. Did this, uh, did this wolf being beast thing pull a, uh, uh, Jumping an Edgar Allan Poe, <laughs> a Jack, uh, Spring, Spring Hill Jack, <laughs> and across the pond, across, across the pond into the states, jumped into Texas. I think that's where it jumped over a football field. <laughs> yep. And Jack and Spring Hill Jack. So I think I think I solved the the, the, the mystery, uh, Texas folks uh, of of King Hill Country, whatever that place is called. Lady, uh, you had a, a, a the beast in your yard eating some berries. <laughs> I guess it's, it's doing better. I guess you have a wolf. <laughs> <laughs> the story's just been cracked. <laughs> <laughs> the friggin' headless blemies. Those are insane. <laughs> what the hell is that? <laughs> I mean, if, according to the article, there's a lot of writings on there. Like, I'm if if they're. If they're not lying about that, we could totally do that. An might be a, a season blemies. premiere, Headless Blemmies. <laughs> <laughs> do you really dig into some Pliny the Elder lore? Mm, I love me some, some Herodotus. Mm. <laughs> the, the father of history that's <laughs> everything he wrote's a damn lie. <laughs> you think Headless Blemmies could see the color blue? <laughs> Were they were they in the Iliad? <laughs> <laughs> For my last article, this one uh, isn't really a single news article, but more of an overarching look at a figure we have previously discussed in the news, going all the way back to season two with Arugaru. So this sounds just wrong, but that was all the way back in January of 2021, Angel. Jesus. <laughs> middle age for all of those who do not recall baba vanga was a bulgarian mystic and herbalist with alleged powers of clairvoyance and precognition i can't remember what episode it was but i still contend that those are the same things i know it was brought up before and i don't know why they are attributed as separate powers to baba so but what the hell do i know born all the way back in 1911 the blind mystic baba vanga compiled a large swath of believers over her lifetime and his claim that while she did not write any books herself what she alleged predicted was written down by others by her followers however there are apparently claims that there is indeed no written record of her alleged predictions at all and her followers just attribute predictions to her So regardless, each year there are a never-ending cascade of websites that state these are the specific prophecies for the upcoming year. So why not look at her 2023 predictions and we can attempt to see if any of these actually came to pass. So to be clear, I can't find anywhere these supposed prophecies come from, like a single document that exists, but somehow all these different sites generally have the same group of predictions. The big ones for 2023 were apparently, number one, a solar storm. A storm of solar flares would be so strong that our electric grid would be disrupted and we would have widespread loss of power. So according to a livescience.com or livescience.com as I like to call it, the sun is quickly approaching a major peak 
in solar activity by the end of 2023. Not long ago, NASA's Solar Dynamics Observatory captured a strong solar flare that peaked at 621 p.m. August 5th. So overall, on I found about 10 similar solar flares referenced by NASA on their site, but alas, as of this moment, uh, none of them have crippled our infrastructure yet. So at least we have that. Isn't solar flare destruction kind of a, a go-to prediction at this point? It's kind of boring, right? Uh, I feel like maybe Baba Vega was warming up, or shall we say, she was. Uh, uh, was she cooking deep with frying? The, was she deep frying? Yep. <laughs> oh, she's cooking with the deep fryer. <laughs> maybe now it's more ap- apropos to say cooking with the air fryer. Oh, <laughs> keeping it healthy now. <laughs> I don't like the solar flare one. I, I, I mean, there's still time for the sun to <laughs> I, nuke us here, but I don't think it's going to happen. Every time I've heard of solar flare stuff, everyone's like, oh, no. And I'm like, what is the issue? <laughs> don't We've had several. Nothing's happened. And They're hyped up. Maybe, maybe it just sounds like for somebody that doesn't know anything, maybe it just sounds cool. Mm-hmm. Solar flare. Hmm. Yep, that can disrupt communications, bring down satellites, things like that, but... It's temporary. Mm-hmm. We can build more satellites. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Now. Number two, a change in Earth's orbit, she predicted. I believe recently we talked about the Earth's magnetic field shifting. I have no context of what the hell we were talking about that, but I faintly <laughs> recall it. But a change in Earth's orbit would likely be catastrophic. A minor shift would primarily affect the uh, world's temperatures, but something major would very quickly heat us up or freeze us because our, our orbit would be changing. On top of that, it would likely affect the entire solar system and throw other planets off their orbits and worlds could potentially collide. What do you think would cause the orbital change this year? Uh, maybe we get hit by an asteroid, asteroid or something. I feel like at that point, wouldn't it change our orbit? Would, our planet would just fall up, like, <laughs> explode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then who cares about orbit because there's no planet? <laughs> But I think asteroids the, the closest, and there's been uh, those those articles always pop up of astronomical mass came within like the distance from the moon to the planet or like that close, and yeah. and we didn't know until until it was already gone or passed. My God, what's this? What's the space force doing? <laughs> They're not protecting us from asteroids. I, yeah, well. <laughs> Space Force. Yuck. So, <laughs> bioweapons testing is another one, she said. Seems uh, like another run-of-the-mill prediction. A lot of Nostradamus's predictions are attributed to bioweapons testing that effect. So, she supposedly claims a big country does the testing. Uh, who do you think is the most likely culprit to bioweapon use on the Earth this year? It's going to be a big country, so you can't just name some rinky-dink country out there that won't be having bioweapons. I mean, I mean, I mean it's, the U.S. is already known for doing that, so why not the U.S. again? Oh, man. <laughs> on who? On, on ourselves. Oh, no! <laughs> Where's it going to be? Um, I think I think they always go for the, the, s- the southern warmer states. I think they're going to go for the colder ones this time. Maybe Maine. Maine. <laughs> They're getting rowdy there in Augusta. Uh, so, number four that she predicted for 2023. So, I mean, there's still, uh, this is a lot coming here because none of this has really happened. Alien invasion. So, millions of humans 
could die in an alien attack with the whole world covered in darkness. So, movies tell me that invasions always start in the U.S. All the time. It's, they, they come to the U.S. But where does this invasion occur, do you think? Well, I think if aliens are going to invade, they're probably, uh, they've probably been studying us for a while. And I don't know about you, but whenever I want to test something out, like ants poison, I always find the smaller mounds and see if it does anything before I waste it on the bigger mounds. You're testing ant poison? <laughs> yeah. What? what ants do you have that are poisonous? <laughs> no, no, poisoning the ants. Oh. <laughs> I you're like... <laughs> I thought you were extracting ant poison. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> and then you tested it on other ants. That's what I thought just, you were talking I'm just about. Injecting, injecting ant toxins into other ants. You order ants online, like hundreds of pounds of ants every day come to your the house. Government's been looking into me. Why are you ordering so many ants? I eat them. <laughs> I mean, I have to do something with the bodies, but... It's all protein. So, yeah, I think they're going to hit, like, a smaller... Smaller anthill. They probably don't know our politics, so they might hit something that belongs to us anyways, like Guam. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Augusta, Maine. <laughs> or Maine. <laughs> Nantucket, going after Sandpiper Air. So, there isn't much time left in the year for all this to happen, so... What scenario can you think of where this all still happens? We have like what three months <laughs> before the year ends. It's gonna be it's gonna be Angel's Wild Ride here. <laughs> just everything happens all at once and it just slows down mm -hmm. to a crawl. Mm -hmm. With the alien invasion, she also included the whole world's covered in darkness. I don't know if that's a, a literal or figurative darkness. Maybe the aliens come, shroud the world in darkness, and this somehow changes the orbit of the planet and, and at the same time they ally uh, align with one of our enemies or something and, and allow them to do bioweapons bio weapons come out yeah maybe it's the yep. aliens that do the bioweapons yeah maybe it's the aliens too it could happen and then the solar flares <laughs> just start at the same time it's just a coincidence <laughs> maybe that's what's causing the world the darkness of the world the solar oh flares. yep all the electrical grid out you yep. saw yep you did it that's what it is <laughs> That's why we're in darkness, the solar flares. God. That's why you're the wise man. Teach me. What the heck then will happen in 2024 besides myself and Andrew no longer being idiot slobs? I mean, that's a guarantee at this point. We've done so many goals. So, number one, a non-violent alien invasion <laughs> to follow up the, the violent alien invasion. A highly evolved alien race will establish formal contact with us. Uh, they will assist in, in resolving <laughs> world problems. Presumably, all the problems in the next three months are going to be resolved. <laughs> so, two things. Baba seems to love aliens. Can't get enough of them. They just keep arriving. So in 2023, the aliens invade and then kill millions. How is that issue resolved? And then in 2024, we are invaded by the aliens that help us. Where where do the invading aliens go? Because the aiding ones, I don't think, uh, evict them from our planet. They just get tired of us. Well, why wouldn't the, the ones uh, that come to help? Because well, they're, they're nonviolent. Oh, I see. 
So maybe they somehow showed or the, did the violent aliens their non-violent ways. Or did the did the bioweapons get rid of the aliens? <laughs> the bioweapons somehow affected the aliens themselves. It's like science. It was water. <laughs> <laughs> it was water. Yeah, I don't... And killing millions. I, I guess millions? What, what are we at, at, at uh, population-wise? We're in the, the billions? Nine billions? billion? Is millions really noticeable at this point? <laughs> I think that was the argument of the last time travel. The, a news article was that the that alien was going to come and take away like 10,000 people or something like that. It's like, who's even going to notice? <laughs> Number two that Baba Vanga predicts for next year, people will talk to animals through cross-species telepathic communication. So I have to ask, what animal would you never communicate telepathically with? Uh, this is a bit of a controversial take, but I'm going to say dolphins. Oh, you think they just have no. too much to say? Maybe I'm biased because I have a book called A Deeper Sea. It's a fiction novel written by Jakob, I think his name is. I don't know. Anyway, it's a story. the story is about these uh, naval researchers doing some research on dolphins and and the guy the main guy is like he's cracked the code like he, there's there's poems in, in greek poetry that talk about how the people can talk to the dolphins and he's like i know i can get them to talk and he somehow convinces the dolphin to finally speak to them to speak to humans and they start talking to them and then from then on, they, they, they form this alliance where they where the military uses dolphins for, for the weapons stuff. Like, they have helmets on that shoot rockets out. But apparently, all the dolphins talk about is, is sex, and then they're super vulgar all the time. <laughs> they're, just, and, they're just horny dogs. <laughs> they're horny goblins. <laughs> and it's like... Nah, I don't. I don't need to know all that. <laughs> the dolphins are like, and I'll do it again. Yuck! <laughs> Stay away from the dolphins. They, <laughs> you don't want to know what they're thinking. Number three from Baba Vanga for twenty twenty four. We will abandon cash and adopt digital money. Isn't that already a thing? <laughs> oh, completely gone. Completely gone. Next year. <laughs> So, cash out. (laughs) Just get rid of it all. Number four, we will be able to harvest and utilize cosmic vacuum energy. This will presumably solve all of our problems, but I I have no clue what the hell vacuum energy is. How do we go from in 2023 struggling with all of our energy needs to next year harvesting cosmic vacuum energy? The vacuum is, is bringing things in. And that means that something is causing that to be brought in. That energy that's doing the bringing in is going to be redirected to make Earth work. Did <laughs> do you think before she died, Baba Vanga, she didn't see because she's blind. She listened to Spaceballs. And <laughs> when, when it turns into the giant <laughs> vacuum cleaner and vacuums the air out of that planet... She said, cosmic vacuum energy. <laughs> yeah, I, I have no idea what uh, vacuum energy is. 
let alone cosmic vacuum energy. It doesn't even make sense. <laughs> maybe, maybe she just thought that vacuum is the same as the machine that sucks things up, and she's like, "Well, that's got power." So, just the, the vacuums in space probably have bigger yeah, power. Just the, power. Like, so the the void of space just is limitless energy. It's it's just full of energy, I guess. No, so we got to harvest it. How do we harvest it? Uh, is that just solar power? Power? No, we use quantum. Oh, quantum power. Mm-hmm. Just quantum power. I forgot about quantum. <laughs> Problem solved. <laughs> Next year, quantum harvesting. This I'm thinking, gets... I'm thinking of star, uh, being a, a, a tech startup dude. Just throwing the word quantum mm-hmm. around. It's got a lot of synergy. <laughs> this gets us to the point of me uh, finding it difficult to reconcile all these predictions. Like, is, is the inherent idea that most of these will not come to pass? Because a lot of these can conflict. Almost like these are just possible things that come that can come into our timeline so like the one two punch of orbital change into alien invasion seems kind of like end of the world stuff but in 2024 we are collectively like screw that physical money is the problem at hand then we just get rid of physical money after our orbits changed what the hell is going on i'm thinking i'm thinking the the orbits changed everyone that can't handle the change dies off and everyone that remains alive is now living a new life uh they're not human anymore because they've adapted to whatever the orbit does and so they're trying to hang on to what humans used to do but they're like you know what we're not human anymore we don't need this money thing whatever that is anymore we'll just stick to digital currencies i guess why 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 I don't know because of the, the nonviolent aliens they 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 tell us in, in three months it's, it's it's gonna be a hell of a ride. Woo. All right, you're getting sweaty just thinking about this. <laughs> it's gonna be hell. So I I guess now is a perfect time to give my my prediction of the future to to scry out of the mirror I've been looking at for the past hour and a half of. Uh, my prediction for the event of 2024 added to Baba Vanga's list, <laughs> presumably her list of things that will occur. My my prediction is of the evolution of this episode here that the the, the brain damaged Edgar Allan Poe that escaped from his timeline uh, um, is is he's going to reappear. So watch out, Baltimore. <laughs> he's going back, <laughs> and he's uh. He's got things to reconcile. One midnight dreary. He's going to come a knocking on that door. What's he say? A rap upon my door. However, how we will affect that outcome, though, is all these all these goals are our positive energy that has been flowing through this season. It will it will align with those nonviolent aliens that are coming and they will channel that energy into brain damage Edgar Allan Poe and it will he won't he won't do any problems he won't he won't be a problem it'll heal him heal his frontal lobe he will he will have to do all of the goals we've done in one go (laughs) screw that I don't understand any of this I'm from 1840 (laughs) now we're deep frying (laughs) Yeah, get to explain deep frying to Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> he gets to do that onomatopoeia 
goal. <laughs> and then say yuck. Uh, so screw 2024. That look <laughs> get his favorite Frasier episode. That looks to like 2024 just looks to be a hellhole. So luckily, her predictions go they go all the way to 5079, the year 5079. <laughs> get the buckle, Angel. We're strapping in. Let's see what's in store for us. 2028, not too far away. Humans create a new and innovative power source, and world hunger is eradicated. So, like, was cosmic vacuum energy a bust? Do we need a new power source? I, I think so. We, I think we consumed think, it all. Goddamn humans. We <laughs> yeah, we realized that the vacuum wasn't enough. Uh, world hunger, though, only uh, five years away. Is the new innovative uh, power source the cause of world hunger being eradicated? Do we eat people? Just eat all the <laughs> hungry? <laughs> or, or use them as the fuel? <laughs> oh, like batteries. Mm-hmm. It's the Matrix! <laughs> Keanu Reeves. <laughs> 20, uh, 2066, a jump here. The U.S. besieges Rome, which is Islamic at this point in the timeline, and uses a new weapon called an environmental destructor, which immediately freezes anything in its path. A hell of a prediction. So, you know how Baba loves aliens? She loves Islamic takeover even even more. Because <laughs> in the ones that I skipped here, pretty much the next 40 years is about Islam taking over Europe. And then I guess the U.S. ends that with like an ice beam. Which is logically just Islamic kryptonite is the ice beam. So, how how do you think the telepathic animal communication plays into all this? It's those dolphins. They're the they ones that got those helmets with the laser beams. Is this Austin Powers laser. with Doctor Evil with the freaking laser beams. I think I think Baba watches a lot of, or listens to a lot of movies. At least her followers do. Uh, the ice beam. Just, just demolishes the Islamic State. Oh. Twenty eighty-eight. So twenty-two years later. Or so a new virus appears, making people get old in a few seconds. <laughs> what? What? What is this? I, I think this is that movie, that M Night Shyamalan movie. <laughs> uh, old? Or is that what it's called? Yep. I haven't seen it. I didn't want to give it away, but yeah, it's called Old. <laughs> did, she, did she see that one? <laughs> like she pre, pre-cog into M. Knight's mind and saw him making is Old. Is she still alive? No, she's dead. <laughs> or is she, though? <laughs> she had her own bow. <clears throat> 2097, the virus is exterminated. We got rid of it. So it's it's only a problem for about nine years. Wait, what virus? Oh, the old people virus. Oh, the old yeah. virus. So I, I guess, uh, how many people does that wipe out? You get old in a few seconds. I imagine that just brings you to the end of your life. Or yeah, shouldn't that affect everyone? I know. Or we just <laughs> are just inundated with old people. Like, you get old in a few seconds, but that doesn't mean you die right away. What's the cutoff? Like you become. 80 years old like what if you're what if you're already old 
What is what is old? Is it thirty? Is that a mind frame? <laughs> <laughs> is that middle aged? <laughs> middle aged. Oh no. The year twenty one hundred. An, an artificial sun heats the dark part of the planet. I don't know if that's still related to the aliens. So no idea which part of the Earth is the dark part of the planet. That's the unfortunate side. May uh, The leftovers of the old... The, the orbit shenanigans? I don't know. It's, it's unclear if that is, again, figurative or literal darkness that the aliens brought us. Uh, which part is the dark part, do you think? I'm thinking... I'm thinking this is the Death Star. Where it just doesn't rotate or did she see vin diesel in in, in perfect in, in pitch in pitch perfect? black pitch black yeah that, that one. <laughs> oh god the 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 concept of of a, a character that just completely transcends the original film they're from like riddick oh he's like and, the uh, only good thing in the movie getting rid of <laughs> video games that he like funded himself <laughs> What part of the earth is dark? I think it's the bottom part. <laughs> the whole, it's, it ends at the equator. Just the southern hemispheres, just the hemisphere is, uh, they're yeeted away. <laughs> 25 years later, 2125, a space agency in Hungary receives signals from deep space. And then Baba Vanga comes into the public eye again. She predicts. So, like, this may be the just the greatest prediction of all time. I imagine that the two are unrelated. But what the hell does the deep space signal have to really do with anything? We've already had multiple alien contacts at this point. But then Baba, like, just gets popular? Or am I reading it wrong and it's more like Baba Vanga returns from the dead? I would like to believe that it's it's that she returns from the dead. Because it proves proves that she was never dead. <laughs> in a hundred years from now, she just rises out of the grave. <laughs> also, why why is Hungary still a place? Why you, do these nation states still exist? Uh, presumably, the United States uh, freed them of the Islamic takeover <laughs> with the, the the freeze ray, and, and Hungary came back together. I, I would think that losing the bottom part of the Earth would change the geographic. No, we still have, uh, we still have strict nation states in play. <laughs> Where did all this? Where did the southern hemisphere go? Like, did they all just die, or did they did they come north? <laughs> hey, if you if if you didn't ride the north train, you were out of there. You frozen. <laughs> well, I guess presumably, Hungary's not in the the shadow part because they're they're still oh. still in existence and have a a viable uh, space agency. <laughs> yes, <laughs> makes me wonder: Is Baba Vanga Hungarian? She's she's Eastern European. Uh, uh, what do you th- what do you think the deep space signal is? A bloop. <laughs> a blip. A gloop. A gloop. <laughs> is it Loch Ness monster? Twenty one fifty four. Animals evolved to be human like. <laughs> so this one's just fantastic. We got the island of Doctor Moreau going, which we all know creates no issues at all. Like that's gonna just be a perfect harmony utopia. What the hell is the point of evolving to be human-like? And is it all animals, or do like the dolphins get left behind? <laughs> I imagine that it's all ape-like creatures. <laughs> it's just but like. How does this evolution happen in 120 years? I mean, that's a quick evolution for such a drastic change, too. 
Yeah, I mean, what does human-like mean anyways? Because, again, all the ape-like creatures are human-like. Does that mean they can talk? Does it mean they lose hair? Does it mean they're, you know, like, what what makes it human-like? You know, human-like would, would think of like something like a bear human <laughs> and what that could be. And say if you had a bear human named Grendel and you had a northern hemisphere nation state maybe like the saxons came back or something and they were just inundated with these bear humans and they just kept coming to their hall at night and attacking them and they had to fight it back and then they killed it they just chopped its head off the mother of that bear human would feel like she had to get revenge i would think and if I had to monologue that thing, that mother, and express her concerns, I'd be like, how, how dare he? How dare he come into my home and slay my son? I will have my revenge, Beowulf. I will tear you limb from limb and feast on your flesh. You will rue the day you ever set my swamp. Yuck. I've been planning my revenge for days now. I know that Beowulf is a, a powerful warrior, but I'm, I'm not afraid. I am the mother of Grendel. I am untethered, and my rage knows no bounds. And I will lure Beowulf into my lair, and then I will strike. I will use my claws and teeth and tear him apart, because I too am in human bear. And I will savor every moment of the pain. When I am finished with him, I will send him back. I will send his head to Hrothgar as a warning. And there no one will dare cross me again. I imagine that's what the, the mother of Grendel would say. That's, that's a, quite quite a monologue there. I think that's all I had to do. Uh, <laughs> oh, I remember now. The Scorpion King. <laughs> <laughs> Did my monologue... <laughs> Jog your memory. It, it, it's inspired. Of the Rock. Uh, well, they had the, Scorpion King had like four movies in that series. It's, there's more Scorpion King movies than Mummy movies. Exactly. It transcended I think, the original. I think Randy Couture stars in one of the... He's like MMA star Randy Couture is the Scorpion oh. King. And then they stopped being made. I wonder why. Just like that. The Rock had better things to do, I guess. <laughs> it was, he's done after that first one. Uh, uh, do you remember the CGI of The Rock in <laughs> Mummy 2? The Mummy, yeah. It was so bad. Oh, <laughs> wolf. Uh, <laughs> it, lo- it looked like him, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. I mean, the first movie had good, good CGI. I don't know what happened with The Rock. They just went too far. 2196. Uh, there, this one's. There are no longer European and Asian races as they mix and form the Euro Asian genome. <laughs> what the hell is this? I don't understand. The Euro Asian genome. Europeans and Asians are gone, presumably because the southern hemisphere's destroyed. So we just have the northern yeah. hemisphere. I don't even. I don't even understand this one. Euro, I mean, why even call it Euro? Like, how, stop, just stop. But how does this, the, like, the presentation of this makes it appear that this is like instantly, like one day, January first, twenty one ninety six, the first 
Euro Asian genome baby is born, and then all the other Europeans and Asians are the mules, non viable, <laughs> and then they can never. I, you have to start mixing. It's what the hell's I, going on? I think it's more like you know from twenty one fifty four to twenty one ninety six. They're slowly mixing, and at twenty one ninety six, the last uh, pure quote unquote European and Asian person die. Mm. Is it due to the the animal humans? Are they hunting us? Can the animal humans crossbreed? <laughs> Are they viable? <laughs> Are they? What's the coyote dog? Koi dog. Are they koi dog in us? Koi dogging. So we're only in the year twenty one hundred. We're going to twenty two hundred now. Twenty two twenty one. Humans come to several horrifying realizations while scouring the universe for aliens. So aliens are back in the prophecies. What do you think the realizations are? Is this like a Warhammer 40k scenario where like humans are the bad guys of just Are we the are we the baddies? Mm-hmm. <laughs> humans come to several horrifying realizations while scouring the universe for aliens. Is um, one of those realizations that there's other humans out there that aren't affected that they're not Earth humans? They're not from Earth. Yeah, maybe. I mean, that happened on Stargate. <laughs> That's like Star Trek too, of and of like the scenario of uh, like the it's like a Next Generation episode where humans, Cardassians, Romulans, and one other race are all from some progenitor race. Oh snap! Mm-hmm. Is that oh. is that a horrifying realization though? When you're that far, like after you've had uh, alien wars. Then not then the nonviolent aliens come and save you. Your your power grids have all died. The Europeans and Asians are gone, but now they're a new race, and now there's human animals. Does anything really scare you at that point? I feel like in Star Trek, it's it's a horrifying realization because presumably the the premise is that all humans have achieved peace, but in a real world, humans still fight each other. So. If we find out that we're all from some one race, it's not going to matter. We're still going to keep fighting. Because <laughs> then, um, cause then, then the, the Euro-Asian genome says, well, we're, we're better. <laughs> That's what happens. That's humans. I think maybe this the horrifying... Real, there's several of us. I don't know how many I could come up with, but maybe one of the horrifying realizations is that Maybe that's what it was. Maybe the aliens that attacked us and the nonviolent ones were just future humans. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Led by Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> yep. They all look like him. <laughs> they all speak like, like him in a, a macabre fashion. They all they all say in unison, nevermore. <laughs> Quoth the Poe. <laughs> 2273. <laughs> God damn. The, the Euro-Asian genome mixes with the African race, oh creating the Afro-Eurasian race. Does this sentence also make you uncomfortable? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, it's it's like, just stop adding the, the words. It's just 
it doesn't need to have all those mixes feel, in there. I feel like we've now transcended into like really bad sci-fi novel territory. <laughs> yeah. And just it's just the, the 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 whole thing like why did it take this long for them to mix? Like should it have been happening all this time? I don't understand. <laughs> the southern hemisphere had to go underground for and it's like 100 years now, 150 years plus of undercla- underground dark life. So now maybe they're just coming back up. So so they've adapted to the darkness. <laughs> are they are they Hadels? They are they've they've <laughs> got pitch black. 2288 Time travel is discovered and aliens and humans make contact. I don't get it. Are these new aliens? Like, would would we even be surprised by the new aliens at this point? Millions got killed by aliens uh, this year, presumably. No, don't you get it? The sentence, time travel is discovered and aliens and humans make contact. Time travel... The humans discover time travel. They travel back into earlier Earth. And they they're find the, the ancient violent, aliens? <laughs> and they're the violent aliens oh. that take over. Oh, yeah. Sure, oh, yeah. <laughs> because they're the, the one Afro-Eurasian race. <laughs> the humans of our time just don't understand. What is this? What is this? What is this? <laughs> what is this? I don't know what this is. <laughs> they have the, the human animals as part of their crew, too. And that's like... Freaking Chewbacca's here. <laughs> Barf is over there. <laughs> half man, half dog. The aliens, they're like, they start talking about the, the vacuum energy. It's like, what is vacuum energy? What is all this? I don't know. Alien, get out of here with their alien talk. <laughs> so time travel could be the source of all the problems, as, as you've stated here. As Hollywood has taught us, time travel never really goes well to solve anything. It, just, it makes things worse. So, is this a definitive time travel has really made all these problems? <laughs> yes, I think <laughs> This so. is our source, 2288. Uh-huh. 2378, a new race of people emerges. <laughs> what the, <laughs> the hell is with the new races? This new race doesn't have a name because it's just mixes of mixes of mixes, apparently. That's <laughs> just... What's the point of the new races? 2480, we're going way out there. The world goes into total blackout due to the collision of two artificial suns, she predicts. Wait, what? I don't know when the dark side of the planet really went away, because presumably the two artificial suns would solve that problem. But (laughs) is this just the end of the world? Two artificial suns collided. Does that make a black hole? When, when did we have these artificial <laughs> suns? Uh, inconclusive. <laughs> <laughs> but now the whole world's in total blackout. <laughs> but presumably, the Southern Hemisphere folks are like, we were born in the darkness, they bane it, and <laughs> they're ready for this. <laughs> they're, they're prepared. 3797. Every living being on Earth disappears. Did we get Thanos snapped? I guess this is it, right? The end of of, of human life. Of human life. And, so and, no more and the human predict. animal lives too. They're gone. Every every yeah, living everything. being. The plants gone. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming microorganisms are gone too. Mm-hmm. Okay, just just dead rocks, dead everything. Don't know if they fixed the darkness part. So <laughs> does it matter at this point? 
who does the disappearing? I think it's just everyone just is it like the happening. I don't think, I don't think it's a cause <laughs> by something. Uh, between the years 3803 and 4509, the people and colonies that have uh, dispersed from Earth uh, began to mutate because of the new unique climates that they live in, a new uh, religion forms and helps rebuild civilization at this time. Our brains develop to make us less evil and selfish, and then humans learn how to speak to God. What would you ask God? Uh, God, when did we move into colonies? Because <laughs> Earth is dead. God, why did you allow the, the animal humans... <laughs> Why didn't you stop any of this? God, why haven't you stopped the simulation? <laughs> <laughs> How long are you going to let this run for? <laughs> Some of the other things that she discusses as far as like these colonies is once these colonies get going, they break down. Like civ civilization breaks down, but I'm, I, I cannot reconcile this idea of we are on different planets. We're on space stations. We have these colonies in space, but civilization breaks down. And becomes, like, more tribal and territorial. But how does civilization break down when you're scattered across solar systems and the universe? And at what point did this all happen? When were we exploring space? <laughs> Presumably after the Earth just became a dark <laughs> void and everything disappeared on it. So, so the Southern Hemisphere, they, those people actually were the ones that were uh, traveling out into space and, and, and building out the colonies. Mm-hmm. I guess yeah, we can't go anywhere. <laughs> Gotta go to space. So, from the years in the year forty six seventy four, we're getting way out there. Three hundred and forty billion humans live on a multitude of planets. What? That's what uh, her predictions <laughs> allegedly. Three hundred and forty billion humans live on a multitude of planets. So I guess the Jesus. The uh, rebuilding of civilization really helped, and that that new religion that formed just brought us all together. Speaking to God really helped. Like, is there a point where after you learn how to speak to God, is there is there any really point to continue on? Have Have you like won? Have you won the? You won the game. <laughs> you learned how to speak to God. What's that speaking look like? Do you? Is it just you speak and he responds? Is it just in your head? Uh, is it digital? It's definitely digital. <laughs> it's quantum. <laughs> quantum God speak? Quantum, God. quantum tongues? <laughs> the year 5706. We find the edge of the universe. What does the edge of the universe look like? Is it is it like a video game that an like invisible an invisible wall. wall of like loading screen? It hasn't loaded yet? God said I I didn't want to make that far out. I don't even understand. I'm still trying to wrap my head around 340 billion people. Imagine that many people. 300. Earth, what's that number? 340 everyone, billion human beings. Everyone, every living thing on Earth just died. But apparently, there was colonies of us out there, and our population and some, just blew up. And and it somehow blew up. But first of all, it's like okay, there's nine billion people on Earth right now, give or take, and that's a large number. 340 billion is much larger, but when it's spread over a multitude of planets, I'm wondering, wait, how many is a multitude of planets? Because, mm -hmm. and when it's 340 billion humans, like that's an imaginable amount of human beings. 
like trying to put them on just to the grand scope of that many human beings is impossible. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, we I found think... the end of the universe. <laughs> I guess that's good. <laughs> I think the edge of the universe is is just uh, headless blemmies. <laughs> just a wall of them. Just a wall is it, of them. Is it a flat universe? And that's just literally like the ice walls are? It's flat to us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, I think after this many years, I don't think we're human anymore <laughs> at this point. <laughs> are we just like android people? <laughs> android human animals? <laughs> 5078, humanity decides to leave the universe. We're leaving the universe. <laughs> Screw it. We found the edge of it, but now we're leaving it. But 40% of the population refuses to do so. So, would you leave the universe? Um, no, because that's absurd. <laughs> so then, I guess you're part of the 40%, but why would 40% not want to? 60% wants to. 60% of 340 billion? Well, presumably it's more because it's it's like 100 years later. <laughs> because if people have lived this years. long... I've- if people have lived this long, I would I would hope that we would somehow figured out to not be miserable that we'd want to leave the universe. Is there just no more space? Because we have so many human beings, we just took over the universe. That's just absurd. I mean, it's called space for a reason. Maybe that's why we're at the edge because we're just cramped up. But like, like, we need to get out of here. Isn't sort of the, the idea of space right now of how we understand it if we like on our way to the edge of the universe wouldn't it be already dead because of like uh, the time it takes to get there wouldn't it already be retracting back maybe i don't know the the edge the edge of the universe is is the i'm not from i'm not up to date with the science there <laughs> of the edge of the universe <laughs> i need to, i need to reread my my formulas and math for that mm-hmm. part so one year later, after we decide there sixty percent decides to leave the universe, she just says the world ends. <laughs> I guess I guess Earth was just finally like the orbit was after the all this other shit. The world ends, presumably Wait, Earth. What? But I feel like Earth was long gone in this timeline. Is it really like the the end of the universe? <laughs> Yeah, the world ends uh, presumably means Earth, but all life on Earth died anyways a long time ago. (laughs) It all got vanished. It all got disappeared. Does it matter if the world ends on 5079 at that point? (laughs) I mean, it doesn't matter to me. I'm going to be dead way before (laughs) any of this shit. Unless you time travel. Oh, oh. I gotta get that Poe that po technology. We still have to get through the end of the year to get to the the alien invasion that's coming and all this other stuff. This is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna write a note in digital <laughs> and hope that the, the people in uh, 2288 can see my note so they can see the time travel. To come get you? <laughs> to, to come get me <laughs> and take me to their time period. Like... I'll be at McDonald's at 12.01 a.m. Pick me up. Take me to the edge of the universe. And then a year later, you can see the world end. I don't even know what that means. Like, are we going to go back to Earth? The edge of the universe is three years later, the universe ends, or the, the world ends after we get to the edge of the universe. Oh, wait, no, I'm way off. 
I wrote, I must have typoed here, 5076, the edge of the universe. I wrote 5706. So yeah, three years later, the the world ends. The world ends, but what does that mean? Are we assuming that means the universe ends? Does that mean that the 60% that left the universe, are they still out there? I guess they they left the the universe. Where do they go? Just universe (laughs) 2? Universe 2? What does God have to say about this? We can talk to him. (laughs) Why didn't he just talk to the ones that didn't want to leave? Even God was like, I don't know what's outside of the universe. (laughs) Don't do that. (laughs) That's not my universe. (laughs) This is all confusing. But is this what just predictions are? Like these type of predictions, are they just M. Night Shyamalan's nonsense? (laughs) You just can't can't touch feel any of them? This This is actually... It's interesting because these kinds of predictions, like, it's it's like you can say these things and, and not worry that somebody can debunk you because... Oh, you'll be long dead. Who, exactly. And, and who's going to live long enough to say this? But at the same time, you can see that the predictions just, they just don't make any sense. And it's like, why would you say this nonsense? Like, <laughs> I can say something like in the year 5078, we finally uh, make a time machine. Mm-hmm. And at that point, it's like, okay, that's assuming Earth is still around and all these things. Great. And then I can die and then nobody's going to tell me I was wrong because I'm dead. Mm-hmm. But My prediction of Edgar Allan Poe coming back next year, <laughs> the the brain damage Edgar Allan Poe <laughs> variant, is just as realistic as any of these. Exactly. It's, it's just, I don't, like, why even bother going that far making these fake, fake ass predictions? Like, who's going to believe this? Somebody. Unfortunately, I think a lot of people. <laughs> Who, but I don't, I don't, I don't understand. Curiosities out there, if you're a believer, please let us know what does this mean to you that the the world ends. Mm-hmm. Just, just tell me how that makes sense after Earth has already uh, removed all living beings from mm-hmm. it. And I guess presumably we, we fixed the orbit problem and just brought it back. <laughs> I think the orbit problem is, is is no longer an issue for them. They, they got other things to worry about, like colonizing whatever they colonized, I guess. Mm-hmm. Think they ever went back to cash money? <laughs> Just continued on for digital money for all of human existence? Where, where, are, they, where are they getting the digital uh, retrieval systems from? Like, the internet can't exist if the Earth is dead. <laughs> Did they need money anymore? There was, there was no longer one that said, no more money. We weren't in a post-scarity uh, human existence any longer. It wasn't like Star Trek. This, this, a lot of, lot of stuff here that can be used for like sci-fi, I guess. But any, it, it would be very uh, camp, I would mm-hmm. say. Some good writing prompts, but beyond that, I don't know. A lot of it's just like, especially since it can't be attributed to her. She never wrote anything down for her own predictions. So it's like, is any of this actually anything? Does it even matter? <laughs> <laughs> is this who's line anywhere where the predictions don't matter? Oh my goodness, you've taken me for a ride and now I wanna I wanna rewrite everything. I wanna redo my list. I can't these these celebrities aren't time travelers. Just write Baba Vanga five times. <laughs> Baba Vanga variant one. Variant two that can see, variant three that's a man, variant four 
is a reptile man and variant five <laughs> from the future. It's a, a Eurasian African. <laughs> Animal hybrid. Koi dog. Koi dog. And by God, as long as I remember, Baba Vanga's never coming back to the show. Because <laughs> we've covered it all. Yeah. If, we went 3,000 years into the future. <laughs> if new predictions are uncovered, man, that's... that's We're, we're Nostradamus only now. <laughs> the real deal. These, these news articles have been cracked. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I don't think we crack any news articles. <laughs> yeah, that was a wild ride. And you're probably thinking, what a wild ride that was. I should I should let these guys know how wild of a ride it is. So go ahead and find us on Instagram at Cracking Curios. If you want to give us even more messages, we're on Threads. The same name. But you have to be, use your phone to use threads. I'm still unhappy about that. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think uh, the Zuck man is said to have been working on the on the browser <laughs> the desktop <site>. version. Like, <laughs> yes. it has to be work to be done for that. Oh my <laughs> god! I don't know what's going on with these with these tech it's people. So, man. It's I, so difficult to do a web based <laughs> browser version. We only have billions of dollars. It's like, it's like, I guess he forgot how he did Facebook, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> but you know what doesn't uh, require uh, a phone? Email. We can be found at crackingcryptidsandcurios at gmail.com. That is classy, old-fashioned, but still future technology. If you're living in the past, that is. And you can send us the longest messages and even images and 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 thread them you can have conversations with us without it being real time that that is i think the true innovation because most people expect instant gratifications but with email it's like having a voicemail in text form and you can respond to that voicemail in text form why am i saying all this i don't know Everyone listening to us knows what email is, and everyone listening to us is probably listening to us on one of the uh, very uh, bountiful apps or sites that host us, such as Spotify or, or Stitcher. Right? No, not not Stitcher. I saw an article that nope. Stitcher's gone. Oh, really? <laughs> let me let me update my uh, thingy now. Uh, Amazon has us. I know Amazon's still around. <laughs> and iTunes. I know iTunes is still around too. So go ahead and uh, click that subscribe if we haven't subscribed already. And go ahead and tell your friends about us. We're also on Google Podcasts. I know that's not going away either. As always, stay woke. <laughs> This has been an I am actually traveling back into time production. I, I feel like when you deep fry, you gotta you gotta get in there. You gotta get down there. You know. <laughs> <laughs>